Well, it is the WGN Radio Theater time, 11.05. What's up, Lisa Wolf? Hi, Carl. Welcome to the WGN How Radio are Theater. You? Well, you know what? What? We have scary classic radio shows and one comedy. It's our Halloween month. That's right. Month October long. is all about Halloween and playing classic radio shows that are kind of scary. But, you know, every once in a while there was a comedy that had to do with Halloween. And we're going to start things off tonight with a great Gildersleeve broadcast a touching Halloween program. Uh oh, more from touching tonight, huh? We yeah. had some touching last night. It is, and uh, no, Willard that Waterman. That came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Willard Waterman plays uh, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on that. <laughs> then after that, it is the Obsession, a good classic scary radio show. I'm obsessed. And already. we'll be here till one o'clock in the morning, and we're here every Saturday and Sunday night. From 11 p.m. till 2 on Saturdays, and from 11 till 1 on Sunday night. Um, but we're going to play our game to start things off. We are. Guess that song. Yes. Yes, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to guess that song. Tonight is 1974 night. It was an excellent year for music. I had a 1974 Corvette that I totaled. Did you really? I totaled it. Yeah, it was It was silver. What what did you do to it? I was actually dry. I actually had been cast in the movie Class. Remember that? Yeah, movie? I do. Yeah, with Jacqueline Bissett, and I, uh, I was it. in. I had a part in that movie in Chicago. Yeah, and uh, no, it was being filmed somewhere. I was cast in Chicago. It was being filmed, and I had a 1974 Corvette. It was maybe like 10 years old or 12 years old, and I was driving it on the highway to my first shooting day of the film Class. Right, and you were so excited and. And I rolled it. I Like, a car cut me off on the highway, and I rolled it and rolled it and rolled it. When I got out of the you car... You were inside and it rolled yeah, over? When I got out of the car... Is this real? I, this is true. I looked at the car, and it was just... It was the frame, and all the fiberglass was all over the, the highway. That's and, not a um, good story. Um, I never made it to the audition... Oh, not the audition. Wait, I, never, I never made it to the first day of filming. Right, so and then I you never, got fired? Yeah, never, so I got that fired. That was probably your first and last day. I was replaced day. in that movie. Quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was one of the reasons why I got out of acting and mm. got more into producing. Right. You don't we're, get we're fired as that. often. Right. <laughs> well, you could. Knowing you, it's possible. <laughs> All right, so what do they win if they guess the song? They're going to win a Lou Malnati's gift certificate wow. for $25. Great prize, great pizza. Nice. And uh, that's what we're going to do. We've got uh, two songs. We're going to play here. We're going to look for caller number four. You can call right now at 312-981-7200, and we'll be right back. Guess that song. We've got James on the phone. Play Guess That Song. Hi, James. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Great. How are you guys? Great. So glad you made Hi, it James. through. You're caller number four. You know, I just wanted to say something, uh, James. Um, Roger sent a strong arm man to my house because you didn't pay him for that opening that he did. A strong arm man? Yeah, this guy came over, started threatening me and everything. Right, so what'd you do about it? I just told him that uh, the check's in the mail. He didn't seem like he believed me, though. So please send that check to Roger. Oh, I paid him already. I paid him a lot of money. Don't you worry. I got Roger covered. All right, James, are you good at guessing songs? Well, I'm glad it was caller number four because I can't count any higher. <laughs> <laughs> you and Carl both, James. You're on the same wavelength here. We both went to the same school. <laughs> <laughs> the school of hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to play. 
I'm sorry. If I don't know the title. I'll go to my backup song, which is Turkey in the Straw. You never know. That could be the one. We'll yeah, see how be. it goes. Yeah. We're going to play our first song. I have a feeling you're going to know it. Let's hear a couple seconds right now. Mm. You know that one, James? Mm. How about the singer? Not turkey in the straw. I know it. I know it. Okay, but Um, I'm stuck. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Don't say it. Let let James have a chance. Oh, I know. If James doesn't know it. What do you you know? You know it, James? I know it. It's familiar, but I can't place it. All right, Carl. The B-I-T-C-H is back. Can I say it? Nah, spell it. It's the name of the song. Yeah. All right. All right. The B-I-T-C-H is back is absolutely right. And who sings that song? I don't know, but that's the name of the song. All right, let's hear a little bit more. Maybe you'll figure it out. It's a good song. It's a great song. Do you know who sings this song? Um, you know it. This is Elton John, you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, Elton John, right. <laughs> right. Well, this was the first hit song with the word B-I-T-C-H in the title, which was pretty risque for 1974. Very. still risque. And I don't know about that. but I mean, It's uh, not a word we use. I mean, it's not a nice word. I didn't say it was nice, well, but, I mean, you, you know, know, a lot of radio I'm stations surprised refused to play it. I'm but sure. Enough did. So um, that was a great tune. All right, well, let's try one more. You, you got it. You know what you're talking about. Let's let's try a new one. Let's try our song number two. You know that one? No, not a This is a good song. Not a clue. Carl, this song reminds me of you. Really? Mm-hmm. The last one reminded me of you. <laughs> you great. <laughs> I thought you were turning over a new leaf. I am going to turn over we're a new leaf. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to turn over a new leaf, James. I'm going to there's going to be an epiphany. I had an epiphany and I'm going to talk about it on the air in a little while. Okay, but we'll get anyway. to it. Anyways, anybody anybody or should we play a little bit more? I, it sounds familiar, but All right, I, let's hear it. It's David Bowie. Yeah, Rebel Rebel. That's it. Rebel Rebel. So this song yeah. is about a boy who rebels against his parents by wearing makeup and women's clothing, you know, kind of like Carl. That's why it reminds <laughs> me of you, <laughs> Rebel Rebel. <laughs> James, you Rebel, are the Rebel. big winner. <laughs> you are a big winner. You've won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, our favorite here at WGN Radio Theater. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online. Write to WGN Radio Theater at 11 p.m on a Sunday, or you can order online at lumelnadis.com. Thank you so much for playing. Thanks, Thanks James. for being caller four. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, Carol said he had an epiphany. Yeah. I thought it was a Corvette. Yeah, I did have a Corvette, but my epiphany is I've decided I'm going to start being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided, you know what? 56 years of age, I'm right. going to start being nicer. Who, who are you going to be nicer I mean, to? I mean, I think I'm a nice person, but, but, I, but I, I could be nicer. I'm pretty sure that, that I would fall Roger, into the category of think? people you could be nicer to. Could I be nicer? I'm going to have to look up the Absolutely. definition of nicer in the dictionary. You know what I'm saying, James? I just had an epiphany today. I'm like, you know what? I, I feel like I'm nice to people, but I can be nicer. 
Well, and I'm going to be you nicer. You've said some things to me just this evening that weren't terribly nice. What? Like I'm what? I'm not going to repeat I, it. But it's I like, was joking. Were you? That's you know that you was know, a big. That was kind of half joke. Joking. What's that, Roger? People have to know that you're joking. It's probably better if you talk into the microphone. People have to know that you're joking. <laughs> We're going to teach Roger a few yeah, things a about broadcasting during the during the commercial. All right. So that's my epiphany. All right. Well, you work on that, Carl. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. You're going to notice that I'm nicer. I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. You're going to see it. You know You're going to see a definite he, change. Here's what I would say. Words are cheap. It's true. It's Talk all is it's, cheap. it's all in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. You're going to have some pudding. <laughs> you're going to have chocolate pudding. I don't like pudding. Right. It's too creamy. Okay, you're going to see how much nicer I'm All right. Be. Terrific. All right, but right I'll now it's time hold my breath. for The Great Gildersleeve. I love this series. Comedy series. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve was a character on Fibber McGee and Molly, and it uh, originated with Hal Perry. He was the guy who played that character on Fibber McGee and Molly. So popular was Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve that they spun it off and it became the first spin-off in any medium. It was the first spin-off series. And uh, the spin-off series was called The Great Gildersleeve. And that happened August 31st, 1941. It was sponsored by Kraft. And um, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve moved from Wistful Vista, which is where he, you know, on February Game Molly, to the town of Summerfield and became the town water commissioner. And he was a very eligible bachelor raising his orphaned niece and nephew, Leroy and uh, Marjorie. And uh, there was a cook by the name of Birdie. And uh, just a fun, fun, fun show. It was really the first show of a single parent raising children on radio or TV or anything. Um, a little bit later in the run, it was very popular, but Harold Perry left the series in 1950, and a new actor came in to play Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. His name, Willard Waterman. The voices were almost identical. You're going to hear Willard Waterman now in a very touching Halloween show from October 31st, 1951. Here's part one of The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. There's a nip in the air this morning. The shocks of yellowing corn are frosty in the fields. The pumpkins have been harvested and given faces with toothy grins, for it's Halloween. In the schools, the children are fidgeting at their desks with impish gleams in their eyes, waiting for darkness to fall. In Floyd's barbershop, the great Gildersleeve is getting himself a Halloween haircut. Be careful with the scissors, Floyd. I'm watching, Commish. Floyd, what'll we jolly boys do tonight? You don't hold your head still, the rest of us might be attending a wake. <laughs> well, it's Halloween. We should do something special. You mean you ain't booked for tonight? What do you mean by that? Well, since that classy Mrs. Winthrop come to town, you ain't had time for us jolly boys. Yeah, oh, Floyd, you know the club comes first with me. See, I thought sure you'd be stepping out. Well, she's busy. Yeah, I mean, she's going to a shindig at the country club. Ah, and you ain't invited, huh? You mean all my tonsorial skill has went for no avail? <laughs> well, I'm afraid so, Floyd. We fellas should be able to cook up something. 
Well, we can come down to club and sing. We will be minus our base. Police Chief Gates has to be on duty tonight to keep an eye on the kids. Yeah. When we was kids, we used to give our constable a bad time. Yeah, I guess we all did. I remember one Halloween, we soaped the windshield of his old Model T and dared him to catch us. You were asking for it, Floyd. Nah, we had an ace up our sleeve. He jumped in the car and took off, but we had his rear axle chained to a fire hydrant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You should be glad you wasn't the water commissioner that night. (laughs) Well, there you are, Commish. You want to look at yourself in the mirror or just go out happy? (laughs) It looks fine. You you know, Floyd, I have an idea. No kidding. You, I know we jolly boys throw a party for the kids tonight. They'll enjoy it and we'll help keep them out of mischief. Oh, let them live, Kamish. Now, Floyd, a lot of communities do things like this. We can stock the club with apples, noisemakers, candy, and games. Well... I suppose the kids will have fun, and we'll be doing Chief Gates a good turn. You bet. We'll notify the judge and Peavy, and everybody will have a great time. You'll take some money out of the treasury and buy prizes for the best costumes. Hey, you can wrap some vines around your neck and win a prize. You got a head like a pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) Only kidding, Commissioner. It's going to be quite a night. All the jolly boys went for my idea. I don't know what they do without me. Mm. It's only five o'clock. Hardly dusk yet. Are the black cats out already? Yeah, but that's Leroy behind the hedge. I'll sneak around the other side and take him by surprise. Kids can't wait until dark to scare somebody. Well, I'll turn the tables on him. Yipe! <laughs> Leroy! Hi, Unc. Sorry you come and thought I'd scare you. Well, you didn't. What are you doing with those batteries behind the hedge? I got an electric wire running to the front doorknob, but it isn't working. Oh? What's it supposed to do? What's well, a neat trick for tonight. I wire it to somebody's doorknob, then ring the bell and run. When they open the door, they get a shock. <laughs> Leroy, come in the house. Oh, what for? Well, I have a much better idea about how you should spend your evening. Yeah? Step inside, my boy. Oh! <laughs> hey, now it's working! Leroy! It's tricks like this I want to talk to you about. Sorry, young. Well, I'll overlook it this time. Leroy, rather than go running all over town tonight... How would you like to come up to the Jolly Boys Club to a party? A party? Yep. We're throwing a party for all the kids. The judge, Peavy, and Floyd. We've all chipped in to buy apples and candy and soda pop. All you can eat and you may win a prize. Gee, that's keen. Can I play that corny piano, Unc? Sure. Anything you want to do, Leroy. It's kids' night tonight. Oh, boy. If I'm going to the Jolly Boys, I'm going to take a bath. (laughs) He wants to take a bath? This is a better idea than I thought. Hello, Unky. Hello, Marjorie. What's Leroy so excited about? Well, the Jolly Boys decided to entertain the kiddies this evening. Oh? Show them a good time and keep them out of trouble. Oh, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Mine. (laughs) Unky, Mrs. Winthrop phoned a little while ago. She did? Mm Mm-hmm. She's at the country club and wants you to call her there. Well, I'll call her right away. Unky, 
What if she invites you out there tonight? Well, that'd be a little awkward. The jolly boy. Hello? Will you page Mrs. Winthrop, please? Thank you. Yeah, I wonder if she does want me to join her party. Well, she's too late. You just have to tell her I have other commitments. Just her hard luck. Hello, Paula. This is Throckmorton. Is that Halloween dinner dance? Thanks for inviting me, but... Well, it's like this, Paula. I... 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 I'll be there. <laughs> Marjorie. What's that, Paula? No, no. I was going to the Jolly Boys Club, but they'll understand. See you around eight-ish. Goodbye. <laughs> what a woman. Uncle Mord, I know you'd rather be with Mrs. Winthrop, but what about your party? Yeah, Marjorie, the party will go along just the same. I've arranged everything. Jolly Boys will have fun. The kids will have fun. I'm the only one who'll be missing out. All right, Unky. Sure. I'll run down to Peavy's and explain that I'm needed elsewhere. After all, I've made my contribution. I sparked the idea. Leroy, disconnect the door now. Hello, Peavy. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. (laughs) What can I do for you? Uh, Peavy. About the Jolly Boys party tonight. Well, I'm ready for it. I'm here to tell you. Yes. Well, look Peavy. at this box of favors I have for the kids. False faces, noisemakers. Nice. Mm, horns. Just listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll have a lot of fun, Pete. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> Greetings, gentlemen. Well, hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Horace. Gildy, I saw you come in. I want to find out what costume you're wearing to our party tonight. You costume? Is the water commissioner coming as a big fat mermaid? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Judge, I was about to tell Peavy. I thought I'd fool everybody and come as a witch. A witch, Peavy? Yes, but Mrs. Peavy is using the broom this evening. (laughs) Her garden club is having a party, too. Well, whatever we wear, we'll all have a wonderful time. Gildy, you did a splendid thing when you suggested our little party. I congratulate you. Mr. Gildersleeve's all right. Well, thank you, fellows. But as I've been trying to say, I mean, I hope you'll all have a good time. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend. How's that? (laughs) What's the trouble, Gildy? No trouble, Judge. And I'm sure you men will understand the situation when I explain. Well, start explaining. (laughs) Well, there's nothing I have to apologize for, Petey. I've done my duty to the Jolly Boys party. I got it rolling. I'm sending food and favors. If I have to miss the party, it's my loss. Now stop beating around the bush and tell us. <laughs> Gilday, could it be that you've made a date with Mrs. Winthrop? No, Judge. Well, actually, she made it with me. Oh, fiddlestick. <laughs> <laughs> she did, be. She phoned and asked me to join her for the dance. <laughs> I'm sorry, fellows. Well, got to run. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Peavy, aren't you going to say goodbye to me? I'm not going to say anything to you, turncoat. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't go to both parties. Can I help it if I'm wanted in two places at once? 
It just happens that I'm popular. Well, now, I would not say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's the first portion of The Great Gildersleeve from Halloween, October 31st, 1951. Willard Waterman as Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. So somebody texted in, Lisa, and said... If I'm nicer, I won't be me. What? If Carl was nicer, he wouldn't be Carl. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, think, but he's right. I think he he is right, but I'm 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 going to be nicer. You're going to be? I'm going to be. <laughs> you're <laughs> you know, that's going, I grew up you're in going Chicago. To improve your speech hey. pattern and be nicer. I'm that's a, that's to, a tall order. I am going to <laughs> speak better. <laughs> I could do better. Speak more well. I could do better. I'm going to speak more well. And I'm going going to to be be, a nicer person. And I'm going to be a nicer person to people. I mean, I, uh, you know. What about to me? Don't you think that everybody could be a little nicer? Most people can. Right? Most people, especially you. You know? I mean, I think think it's, uh, we should be. What are you going to do that's nicer? I'm just going to go out of my way and just be nicer. And In terms of me, I meant, let's be specific. Well, I'm nice to you. Most of the time. <laughs> but, I'm always you know, nice you got a few little digs here and there. That's Don't okay. I pick you I... up and drive you here every Saturday and Sunday night? You Drive do. you home? Don't I always... <laughs> bring you something. I didn't no. today. I no, didn't you tonight. don't always bring don't me I something. always bring you something? No. Generally always. No. Don't I almost always no. bring you something? No, I generally almost bring, always like, bring something, something for you. drink or Tonight, something. I brought you an apple-picking apple. Well, you're, you're, well, nobody is saying you're not nice. Oh, okay. You're, you're very nice. Okay, most of the time. All right. When we get back from the news, it's the conclusion to the great Gildersleeve. After that, it's Obsession. Good mystery. We're celebrating Halloween. All October. So make sure you're with us every Saturday and Sunday night beginning at 11. It's 1134. We are listening to a Halloween episode of The Great Gildersleeve, one of the longest, uh, funniest classic radio comedy shows from the golden age of radio. In the supporting cast, you have Walter Tetley. Now, Walter Tetley was uh, the voice of Leroy um, on The Great Gildersleeve. He was also Julius Abruzzo on the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. And he was on that show. Remember the uh, cartoon Mr. Peabody? I do. He was, uh, he was the friend. What was his name again? There was Mr. Peabody. And um, I can't remember the the. There was a little dog. The yep. dog was Mr. Peabody. I remember the dog. And then and there was the, the, the guy. Yeah, the the guy. That was Walter Tetley. Did oh, that voice? Yeah, that was. Um, I can't remember hmm. now. But uh, also, will text in and let us know. I'm sure uh, Sherman or something like that. Sherman. Yeah, I think was it that's Sherman? Right. Okay. Yeah. And then you have Mary Lee Robb, who was playing Marjorie on this show. Lillian Randolph is Birdie. And Earl Ross is Mr. Peavy. Um, so great cast. And those were the same actors throughout the home run. They just used those same actors. The only actor that really changed on Gildersleeve was the lead, yeah, Hal Perry, mm-hmm. when he left to star in a different series. They brought in Willard Waterman. Let's go back now for the conclusion to The Great Gildersleeve. Hi, George. It's 8 o'clock. I'm doing Paula's party right now. You wonder why it's always so hard to get a collar buttoned in. Oop, you dropped it. <laughs> now where'd it go? You must have rolled into the dresser. Ew, you well, I... Uncle Mort. Yes, Marjorie. Bronco and I are leaving now. You all right, my dear? 
You wish I was. Unky, don't forget to lock the garage door. Yeah, I won't. Everybody's off to their parties but me. You want to leave everything for me to do. You? Yeah, here's my collar button. What happened to it? Oh, it's a dime. Doorbell, Bertie! Confusion. Yeah, here it is. Dizzy. Good thing I have one of those snap-on bow ties. I can fix it on the way down to the car. Where's my coat? I can't. I get my arm through this sleeve. My coat's not that tight. Over. Bertie! Bertie, who sewed my sleeves together? So that's why Leroy wanted my needle and thread. <laughs> Coat sleeves. Yeah, what a boy. I'll rip it out, Mr. Gilsey. Yeah, thanks, Bertie. Who was at the door? Another trick-or-treater. Good thing you stocked up with treats. Well, Halloween's for the youngsters, Bertie. Yes, sir, and they're sure having fun tonight. Bertie's giving handouts to spooks, black cats, skeletons, and to one boy dressed like a gorilla. <laughs> I hope that was a boy dressed like a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, chances are it was. Bertie. Yes, sir. Mr. Gilsey, I have to get the scissors for this job. Well, please hurry, Bertie. I'm late for a very important date. Yes. I did it! <laughs> Never mind, Bertie. You get the scissors, I'll get the door. Hope the candy holds out. Uh, well. Hello. Hello. You're the smallest ghost we've seen. Why'd you bother to ring the bell? Why didn't you just come in under the door? I'm lost. Lost? Oh, my goodness. You're awfully small to be out alone, aren't you? I wasn't alone when I started, but I couldn't keep up. Well, I guess it would be pretty hard to get around in that flower sack. What's your name, little boy? Mike. Mike who? Mike Smith. You, Smith. Well, there are a lot of those. There's your comfort skill sleeve. Oh, who's that little fella? A little lost ghost, Bertie. Lost? Yeah. How'd you get lost, honey? They ran away from me. He couldn't keep up with the other kids, Bertie. Yeah, I wonder if I could find them. Oh, Mr. Gilsey, you run on to your party. They'll come looking for him. Yeah, I guess so. What if they don't? I'll call you at the country club and I'll call the police. Well, Gosh. Oh, Mr. Gilsey, be scared. Look at the little fella grab you round the legs. <laughs> don't you run away from me, too? No, Mike, you don't need me. You, Bertie will take good care of you until your friends come back. If they don't find you, the police chief is a pal of mine. He'll get you home. You see, <laughs> I have a date. You understand, don't you, Mike? Hmm? <laughs> oh, the date can wait. <laughs> Earlier this morning, the great Gildersleeve didn't know how he was going to spend Halloween, so he promoted a party at the Jolly Boys Club. But he ducked out on that when he had a chance to have a date with the attractive Mrs. Winthrop. Then, a little lost boy attached himself to the water commissioner. Now, Mike, 
How long had you been lost from your little friends when you stopped in here to trick or treat? I don't know. Well, we've called all the Smiths in the telephone directory. You don't belong to any of them. <laughs> what's your father's first name? I don't know. Uh, what's your mother's name? Mama. Z. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't learned much, Bertie. What street you live on, baby? I'm not a baby. <laughs> Watch it, Bertie. Oh, excuse me. Where do you live, Mr. Mike? He doesn't know, Bertie. Well, I've only lived there a little while. I want to go home. Well, we're trying to get you there, Mike. Hi, Unc. What's going on? You know, Leroy, this is Mike. Hi. Hello. Mike was out for tricks or treats and got lost, Leroy. Yeah? Poor little fella. He doesn't know where he lives. What are we going to do with him? Raise him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find out where he belongs. How? I don't know. Fine, I'll call the police station. I haven't done anything. I'm just lost. <laughs> Leroy, I called the chief half an hour ago. Nobody's reported a missing boy. Maybe he's a girl. <laughs> I am not. Careful. Little ghost has a temper. Leroy, why aren't you down at the Jolly Boys Club with the other kids? Aw, uh, since you weren't going, I decided to go to Piggy's. I just came home to get my electric doorknob buzzer. Ew, that. <laughs> why don't you take Mike down to the Jolly Boys Club? Maybe his crowd dropped in down there. Not a bad idea, Bertie. Frankly, every kid in the neighborhood will be there. Somebody will know who he is. I know who I am. Where do I live? <laughs> right. I'm doing the best I can. You wait till I get my hat out of the coat closet. Well, here we are, Mike. That's the Jolly Boys Club right upstairs there where you see the light. Is that a big bat in the window? No, that's Judge Hooker. <laughs> There'll be a lot of kitties up there. I'm sure some of them will know you. Mister, you're a nice man to help find me. Yeah, I'm glad to do it, Mike. <laughs> and after we get you home, maybe you can help me sometime. Do you get lost? <laughs> well, I'm afraid I've lost out with my girl. Yeah, let me help you up on my shoulders. Whee! Yeah, that's it. I'll take you up the stairs piggyback. Boy, this is fun. You, you bet. Say, I don't hear any noise up there. Wonder what they're doing. Well, gang, look who's here. The big idea man himself. Hello, Floyd, Peavy, Judge. Gildy, I thought you had a date. You well, Judge, I called it off. I thought I'd better bring this little fellow up to the party. Mm, time somebody came. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, young man. Hi, pal. Hello. You are all the kids. They aren't here. You straggled up for candy and stuff. Yeah, but we sang them a couple of songs and they left. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the place would be jumping. You sure thought up a dud, Commish. No, Floyd. Mr. Gildersleeve, do you know what I think of your idea? <laughs> What's this, Peavy? <laughs> <laughs> no, fellows, the party was a good idea. But I guess I just thought of it too late. And I went to all this trouble to look like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> 
You didn't have to go to much trouble. <laughs> Floyd? Well, let's give Mr. Gildersleeve's little friend an apple and a noisemaker, and then I'll go home. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. This little fellow is lost. Lost? You don't say. Yeah, I was hoping there'd be some children here who'd recognize him. His name's Mike. Mike who? Mike Smith. Yeah, Smith. You're lost, huh, Mike? Yeah, lost. Where do you live? I keep saying I don't know, and I don't. <laughs> well, he's new in town, Floyd. He came to my door just as I was leaving. Oh, broke up your date, huh? Well, it serves you right for two-timing us jolly boys. Now, Floyd, Gildy's trying to do the right thing. Well, are you hungry, Mike? I guess so. Well, here, have an apple. Thanks. And you can fill your pockets with candy. Thanks. You <laughs> polite, little fellow. What are you going to do with him, Commissioner? Yeah, I don't know. His family isn't listed in the phone book. Why don't you take the boy at the police station, Gildy? Gosh. Judge, the police station ain't no place for a nice little gent like Mike. I checked with the chief fellows. Nobody's inquired about a little boy. Well, it's too early for him to be missed. The kids won't be through soaping windows till about 10 o'clock. Soaping windows isn't nice. That's right, Mike. Well, gee whiz, somebody come up with something. What'll we do with him? I want to go home. Okay, okay. We can take him to my house until we find out where his family is. Well, let's take him to my house. It's closer. I want to go home. You fellas, <laughs> he rang my doorbell. We take him any place, we'll take him back to my house. Well, while you're hashing that out, I'll put on a mask and amuse you, boy. Mike, look. How you like that, Mike? I want to go home. Well, that sounds kind of pretty funny. Gentlemen, I suggest we take the boy back to Gildy's and conduct the search from there. Well, let's go. We have to figure out something. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, maybe it's Chief Gates. Hello? Yes, Chief. It is the police department. Be quiet, Judge. You ask that, Chief? Yeah, the little fellow's here. You have? Great. You ask that? 875 Adams Avenue. We'll take him right over and see if he's the boy. Thanks, Chief. Goodbye. Buck up, kid. Looks like you're home free. Well, Mike, the chances are you belong at 875 Adams Avenue. You think I do? Mm. No <laughs> doubt about it. Come on now, I'll take you home. I'm going along too. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm not going to stay here all by myself. <laughs> hey, Commissioner, what are we going to do with all this Halloween stuff? We got a barrel of it. That's right. We shouldn't leave it here. Well, throw it in the car, fellows. We'll divide it later. Okay. Your family will be happy to see you, Mike. Do you have any little brothers or sisters? I don't think so. What does your father do? I don't know. <laughs> Mike's pretty close-mouthed. He ain't telling nothing. I don't know nothing to tell. <laughs> well, we'll soon find out something. Come on, man. Pick up the stuff and let's go. I'm sorry the party didn't work out, fellows. I guess we can call it a good Halloween if we get Mike home. Yeah, there's no fun being lost when you're hardly big enough to find. <laughs> Judge, move over a little. Oh, sorry if I'm crowding you, Gilda. It isn't that. You're sitting on the marshmallows. <laughs> Is that it? I thought your cushions were unusually soft. <laughs> what the heck? We got more candy than we know what to do with. 
Well, here's Adams Avenue. Isn't this exciting? If it turns out to be Mike's house, I'm going to blow my horn again. <laughs> Does this street look familiar, Mike? It, Mike? I believe he's falling asleep. He has? Oh, isn't that a picture? Hey, Pete. Let me hold him, will you? I'm afraid he'll wake up, Floyd. <laughs> look, he's got his arm around my neck. Look for numbers, fellas. There's 875, right on the corner. Are you sure that's 875? That's the children's home. The children's home? No kidding. Yes, it is, bud. Well, let's not just sit here and look at each other. Better see if this is where Mike lives. You wake up the little fellow, Pete. Yeah, well. Mike. Mikey boy. <laughs> you know where you are, Mike? We think so, my boy. Mike, do you recognize this house? Yeah, sure. That's where I live. Mike, why didn't you tell us you lived with a lot of other little boys and girls? Nobody asked me. <laughs> By George, we didn't. Never occurred to me. Can I go in now? Yeah, of course, Mike. Yeah, I'll take you up to the door. Okay. We'd better wait here in the car, Gilda. You're all right, Judge. Mike... There's a jack-o'-lantern in the window. Must be having a little party. Yeah, but they don't have very much. They don't. Little boy, George, they're going to... Judge, Peavy, Floyd, unload the car. Hey, that's a great idea. And bring the candy and noisemakers. Bring everything. Help me with these boxes, Peavy. Gosh, mister, you really mean it? You bet. This is going to be the best Halloween we've ever had. <laughs> Good night, Mike. Good night, Mr. Gildersleeve. And thanks for the party. You don't mention it, my boy. We had a wonderful time. So did we. Mr. Gildersleeve? Yes, Mike? I want to tell you something. You do? If I ever have a father, I hope he's just like you. Thank you, Mike. Bless you, my boy. Good night, folks. Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, Arthur Q. Bryan, Tommy Reddick, and Dick Legrand. Musical composition by Jack Meekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of those famous Kraft quality foods. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Groucho Marx, you bet your life he's next on NBC. That's the Great Gildersleeve Halloween, October 31st, 1951. Willard Waterman as Throckmorton Peak Gildersleeve, sponsored by Kraft, is heard on NBC. We hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break, and then it's more of the WGN Radio Theater. You know, at least... Uh, 
I uh, I have lots and lots of classic radio shows, over 100,000 100, classic radio shows licensed from the rights holders. But I'm always getting new shows, and one that we have in our next hour is called Obsession. We've never played one. Um, I just uh, acquired all 70, I think it's 75 episodes of Obsession, so we're going to play one for you. But I just also from CBS, because they're my largest licensor, they just sent me um, five episodes of Broadway Is My Beat that are from the very first season that have Anthony Ross starring as Detective Danny Clover. All of the Broadway Is My Beat shows that we've aired on WGN Radio Theater have had um, Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover because it started in New York with Anthony Ross, and then they moved the series after like a month and a half or two months, they moved it to L.A., had a whole new cast. It was all L.A. actors. So Anthony Ross only played that part for a few episodes. I just got those episodes. I didn't think they existed. So those shows are going to appear in the Classic Radio Club. I always like to find unique and interesting episodes for the Classic Radio Club, along with the regulars like The Shadow and Suspense and Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, Burns and Allen. So the Classic Radio Club, I always reserve those, you know, interesting, different, and uh, really special programs. So, folks, if you are not a member of the Classic Radio Club, you should go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com, and check it all out, because you can get 10 shows sent to you each and every month, either via digital download or on five CDs, and you can cancel at any time, and they always sound amazing. Right, Lisa? Yeah, I think it's a great combination of um, what you know the shows that you know and love and look forward to, and some hidden gems that you may not be familiar with sort of opens you know, a whole new world for you. ClassicRadioClub.com. That is the website. Check it out, ClassicRadioClub.com. It is uh, five minutes after midnight. Happy Monday morning, everyone. And we are celebrating Halloween all October here on the WGN Radio Theater. We're going to have scary radio shows for you and some comedies that have to do with Halloween, like we just did with The Great Gildersleeve. In this hour, Obsession, a broadcast from 1952 called Cry Vengeance that is coming your way in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to play our game, Cat's Pride, Guess That Song. Yeah, we are still on 1974. I have a couple of great songs. You're going to love them. But first, we're going to need a caller. So call right now. We're going to go with caller number two. So call right now, 312-981-7200. We'll be right back. Guess that song. We've got Glenn on the phone to guess that song. Hey, Glenn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Just great. How are you guys? Ah, Terrific. Well, you are a winner already, Glenn. You have won the desktop indoor weather station. But first, we're going to have a little fun with some uh, 1974 songs. You ready to play? Yes. All right. Terrific. Let's hear this first song, one of my favorites. She keeps them away. Oh, man. I Ooh, know that that's one. a good one. You know that, Glenn? Da, 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 da. Yes, I do. All right, let's hear it. What is it? Killer Queen, my queen. You are absolutely wow, right. Let's Glenn hear it. Good knows job. Stuff. She keeps them away, Shonda. 
in a pretty cabin. Did you love Queen albums? His voice is amazing. Did you have Queen albums? No, I had King albums. Why did you do that? That's not funny. Queen's fantastic. Man, what a voice, huh? What a song. She's a killer queen. <laughs> Stop right there. That's fantastic, and I didn't give you much to go on. All right, the second song is fantastic as well. Well, do you have any trivia about oh, that Oh, I do. Okay. So this was the band's first major breakthrough on the worldwide singles chart, even though it was taken from their third album. So it took them a little oh, time really? to get going. I didn't realize that. God, that's why you've got me here. Wow, Miss Trivia. To educate you, absolutely. Music Trivia. That's me, Miss <laughs> Music, amongst other things. All right, let's. Uh, you ready for song two, Glenn? Yes, this is a, this is great. Okay, let's do it. I have no idea. Oh, come on, Carl. This, those kind of songs I never listened to. What are you to. talking about? Okay. It's like a ballad. Glenn, you know? Glenn it's, like help, a, Glenn. it's probably like a love song or Glenn something. Glenn, help him out. Right? Jimmy Buffett, come Monday. Thank you. Ding, 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 ding. Let's play it. Glenn Jimmy knows Buffett. his stuff, man. To San See, this you, is not my kind of music. You don't love Jimmy Buffett? Oh, come on. Actually, you know what I do like? No, let's... A nice buffet. Listen, just let it go for a second. In fact... In, in, in fact, I saw the Jimmy Buffett show when he was here in Chicago this year and met Jimmy Buffett. You know what, Glenn? I've never pushed away come from a buffet. Monday. It'll be all right. Don't you know this? No. Here's my favorite I don't line know right this here. song at Listen. all. I got four lonely days in a lonely You don't know this? Nope. Oh, my gosh. Well, he wrote this song for his wife, who he was missing while on tour. Thank oh, you, Glenn. How for, sweet. <laughs> for validating me and my song choices. You've won the Glenn desktop. knows his stuff. Are you like in who the music business, Glenn? Jimmy Buffett, Glenn? No, I'm a, I'm a truck driver, so I listen to the radio. You listen to a lot there of radio. Go. Well. And 1974, that's the best. And to me, the 70s was the best. Man. So you have won the desktop indoor weather station. I love my weather station. It's brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60-Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. Thank you, Glenn. It was great to hear from you. Way to go, Glenn. Right. Take care. He knows his stuff. Hey, folks, we have a text in line. It is 312 Seven two hundred. And I am reading all of your texts, and I get back to most everybody. So um, I just want you to She's know got, like, I read it, I appreciate it, and I love hearing. How many from you wonders guys. are there? There's seven wonders seven. of the world. Okay, <laughs> she's like the eighth wonder of the world. Her fingers. You should see when she's texting how fast her fingers move. You know what? I feel like if I texted in, I would appreciate getting an answer. Of I don't course. know. It's nice. Well, that's to the hear whole thing me. about being nicer to people. See being now, nice, I see? don't think that you are quite to be there nice. yet. You're, um, you're working. Seriously, like folks, you it. should see her fingers how fast <laughs> they text. It's unbelievable. Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, it's, I'm, like it's not exactly a text. I've got a keyboard, but it's close. Speed fast. I'm not texter. texting. I'm not texting. Well, anyway, that's our text in line. <laughs> all right, you ready for obsession? I am. I've been waiting for this all week. Mystery thriller came to radio in 1950. Lasted until 1952. It starred many of Los Angeles' finest movie and radio actors. I'll give you some of the names that okay. were in the. These uh, 78 episodes that they produced. Vincent 
Price, yep. Elliot Lewis, Barry Sullivan, Tom Conway, William Gargan, Benita Granville, Miriam Hopkins. I mean, there are some good names. And like suspense in Escape, each 30-minute episode kept us on the edge of our seat. It was produced by C.P. McGregor and syndicated to radio stations across the nation. In Chicago, it was heard on WBBM. I think there's some WBBM kind of uh, logo at the end. Mm-hmm. You, may, you may hear that. Um, a total of 78 episodes, and we're going to play an episode for you now called Cry Vengeance from May 5th, 1952. Barton Yarborough stars in this part one now of Obsession. Obsession. have long been seeking that plot which is known as the perfect crime. But like the elusive will-o'-the-wisp, it is always just beyond reach. Murder will out, say the wise ones. And the pursuer is often that shadowy ghost known as conscience. In a moment, you'll hear such a case in the story of Cry Vengeance, starring Barton Yarborough, and Michael Raffetto. A tale told in the Belgian Congo of violence, death, and greed, which brought two men to a stern justice. True men trapped in a pitfall of their own obsession. The Belgian Congo is a vast place where strangeness is as commonplace as the predatory animals which roam the jungles. It is a place also of loneliness and where isolation is a thing of necessity, not of choice. On a back trail, two men ride toward a destination charted on a map of greed. Their names, Harris and Pitkin, and their plans are as dark as the blackness of their own obsession. Yeah, but how can we be sure that Canning has got any money? Why, must have. Stands for reason, don't it? He's lived out there on that farm for years. He must have some money. And he's never spent any. Well, uh... What do you mean? He's uh, kind of a miser? Yeah, that's it. Too stingy to even have any help on the place. He's all by himself. That's why it's going to be easy. The nearest farm to him is that place we passed eight or nine kilometers back. (laughs) Well, I guess they won't hear him holler then, anyhow. (laughs) Not a chance. Why, they probably won't even find him. Nobody ever comes along here. Hey... Ain't that it? Right over there? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, now, just how are you going to go about this now? Well, we've got to stall a little and see if we can find out where he's got his money, see? We'll ride up and ask him if we can stay for supper and offer to pay him. 
Then we'll keep an eye on what he does with the money we give him. That might give us an idea where the rest of it's hid. Yeah. If that don't work, why, I'll try to draw him out a little. So, don't be too anxious with that revolver. Hey, wait a minute. I thought you was going to do the killing. Well, all right, all right. I just as leave as not only... If I'm going to do the talking, somebody else has got to do the dirty work, don't they? I can't do both. No, I don't. I'll do it. But listen, uh, how am I going to know when? Huh? Oh. Well, let's see. Uh, I'll tell you. After I've found out all I can find out, I'll say to you, uh, it seems to be a little bit cooler this evening. And then... You let him have it. In the back. Okay. I'll be listening for you to say it. Let's see. We ought to be able to get started again just after dark. By morning, we'll be in Portuguese territory and safe. And we'll be in Luanda and on a boat before they ever find him. <laughs> Maybe they'll never find him, huh? Oh. Boy. Oh. Oh. The house is... Back in that clump of trees there. Mm. Yeah, I... Yeah, I see the smoke from the chimney. <laughs> the old boy must be getting supper. We're just in time. We better... Better tie the horses outside the gate here. Yeah. Oh, whoa! Well, are you coming? Yeah, wait a second, will you? Well, come on, come on. And close the gate. Hello? Hello in there? Hello? Hey. Maybe he ain't there. Oh, he's there, all right. Come on, we'll go up to the door. Hello? Who is it? Uh, Mr. Koenig? Yeah, yeah, I'm Koenig. Why, uh, my name's, uh, Clark, uh, Mr. Koenig, and oh. this is Mr. Anderson here. I see. Hey... Told us we might be able to get some supper here. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Just I'm getting ready to eat. Uh, come right on in. Oh, fine. Uh, come on, Anderson. I am, uh, I'm just putting uh, supper on the table. <laughs> well, of course, we, we want to pay you for what we eat. You know? Oh, never mind about it. You're very welcome. I, I put on some extra plates and then... Oh, no. No, no, no. We always pay our way, Mr. Koenig. Sort of a... Well, a, sort of a principle with us. <laughs> uh, Anderson? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, this covering... Oh, no, no, no. No, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't take it. I, I haven't much of a zubba, but... Uh, what it is, you are... No, well, no, 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 that's out. Yeah. Yeah, you take this. Sure. Uh, go ahead now. We'll... We'll feel better about it, you know? Uh, well, if, if that's the way you feel, well, thank soon. Just pull up some chairs, dear. I, I put out some things right away. Yeah, pull up the chair, will you? Yeah, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired. Hey, look. Hmm. Look, and have coffee tin behind the stove. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Well, that, uh... That soup certainly smells good, Mr. Koenig. Yeah, we're kind of hungry. Uh, you boys been riding a long ways today? Ach, Donnerwetter, that, that soup bowl is hot. Here, here, here's some plates. Yes, uh, <clears throat> we've come quite a ways today. Now, uh, just help yourself. Yeah, well, just leave that to me. 
Uh, Mr. Koenig, uh, we are, uh, we're thinking of taking up some land around here. Oh. Uh, how is it for farming? Can a fellow make any money? Well, oh, little maybe. Well, that's no, not so bad if he can save it, huh? In the course of five or ten years, a man ought to be able to lay away a nice little nest egg, shouldn't he? Well, I, I don't know. If things go well, why, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, tell me, uh, how uh, how have things been going with you? Oh, so-so. Um, must be kind of lonesome out here, though. No friends or... Oh, I, I, I have lots of friends. Huh? Oh. The animals. Oh. Uh, my horses and cows and chickens and... And then there's the birds and the... I see. Well, then you... You must be pretty fond of animals, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know? But sometimes I think I can almost understand them. Know just what they are thinking. And they know just what I am thinking. I never hurt an animal in my life. And no animal would ever hurt me. Yeah, they wouldn't, huh? No, sir. They, they are all my friends. Even the wild animals. Why, one time, one time a leopard broke into my chicken pen and I walked right out there without even a club. I don't even keep a firearm in the house. Oh. And, uh, and I just spoke to him nice and, and told him to go away. And he did. Why, why, I bet even a lion, if I saw one, wouldn't hurt me. All animals is my friends. <laughs> Well, that makes it nice. They would all protect me. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, it must get pretty hot here. Oh, yeah, yeah. At this time of the year, it is warm. Mm-hmm. But it seems a little bit cooler this evening. Mm. Never knew what hit him. So I hope nobody heard the shot. Uh, there's nobody around here who could hear it. What's the matter with you? It sounded louder than I thought it would. That's because it was in a closed room. Well, let's see what's in that tin. Mm-hmm. Is it there? Yeah. Yeah. You're all right. I don't know how much. We can count it later, though. Well, that's what's me. I ain't so keen about hanging around here. All right. All right. Then come on. Come on. Just about, uh, about how long do you suppose we was in there? Five, maybe ten. No more than ten minutes. What? Uh, seems to me it got dark awful fast. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll open it. Uh, seems like it's been a year. Bitkin. Huh? Oh, what's the... Look, the horses. They're gone. Wait a minute. What? Why... Why, look. This board, you tied him to, is busted off. Say, what do you... I bet you they heard that shot. I told you it sounded loud. What are we going to do? we got to have horses. We can't cover that distance on foot. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, will you? Don't get excited. Yeah. The old man must have horses. Why, sure, don't you know? He said he did. Come on. No, wait a minute. Wait. Listen. Listen, there's somebody coming up the road. Oh, there's no... Listen, I tell you, there is. Well, whoever it is will ride by... Nothing to get excited about. Come on. Duck into the bush. 
Ain't that chicken squawking? Why, it is, sure enough. Must be something in old man Kalik's chicken run. Oh, 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 I'd hate to see him lose all his chickens. Let's ride in and tell him. Hey, Kalik. Kenny! Hey, Kenny! Oh, Kenny! Kenny! Oh, good Lord, they'll, they'll find them. Well, what if they do? They're not going to get us. We'll be aboard ship by this we time. We can't get over the line in the Portuguese territory without horses. We can't go on foot. It'd take days. Don't worry. We're going to have horses. Yeah? Well, how do you mean? We're going to take their horses when they come out. There's only two of them, and there's two of us. And we've got a gun. Say, where is that revolver? Why, it's right. What, Pitkin? What's the matter? I, I left it in there, in the house, on the table. In the house? Yeah. Fine chance of holding them up and getting the horses without a gun. We'll have to go on without horses. We can't, we can't. We've got to now. We've got to get into Portuguese territory by morning. All right, that's the first portion of Obsession, a broadcast from May 5th, 1952, called Cry Vengeance with Barton Yarborough and Michael Raffetto. Hope you are enjoying it. We're going to uh, take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Well, if you want to get to know us better, and we'd love to get to know you better out there in Radio Land, come with us on our cruise, a classic radio cruise that we are going on August 1st, 2020, and it's going to Bermuda on Oceana Cruise Line's insignia ship, right, right, Lisa? Have you ever been to Oceana, Coral? I have not. But okay. your parents go I was on Oceana you know, all the parents, time. You know, like their luxury cruises, and they choose Oceana as their cruise line of choice because, I don't know, they think it's the best, best food, best entertainment, and it's beautiful. We have a brand new reimagined ship called Insignia. We're going to be on there for seven nights, and um, I've never been to Bermuda either, so this is going to be all new for both of us. But apparently there's a lot of rich history there, and uh, there's a lot of sightseeing we can do. We're going to be in St. George and Hamilton, Bermuda, or... You know, you can just lay back, relax on the ship, enjoy a cocktail, maybe a cabana boy, uh, maybe take a <laughs> little swim. boy. <laughs> I'm dreaming a little bit here. <laughs> and um, we can just hang out. We're going to have some classic radio fun, some trivia contests. We're going to give away prizes. We are going to do a reenactment and have yeah. a lot of our listeners participate with us. That'll be fun. And it's just going to be seven great days of uh, relaxation or excitement and fun, however you want. You choose to do it. But Carl and I will be there. And um, how can anything go wrong? We'll get to eat a lot. That's yeah, what, that's that's what I'm looking too. for. Eat a lot of great food. Well, we have a great price. We have a great group rate. We're working with Keen Luxury Travel. We have a whole block of rooms. And we hope that you'll check it out. Consider joining us. I know there's been quite a few people that have joined us. I hope you'll check it out, too. You can call our Keen Luxury Travel at 800-856-1155. Right. Or you can go to our um, website, WGNRadioTheater.com, and you can click the cruise banner. But make okay. sure you join us. Great rate, great food, great fun. And, and it's we'll be there. August 1st, 2020. Oh, can't wait. Seven nights. Don't miss it. It is 1234 here. And uh, we're listening to Halloween programs all the way through October. When we come back here next week, Lisa, yes, we have a great lineup, including 
Inner Sanctum. Ooh, Ooh. that's a scary Somebody one. Somebody just asked for that, and yeah. he said, I think I had one coming up soon, and here it is. Inner <laughs> Sanctum. You know, Inner Sanctum, real quickly, Inner Sanctum was created by a man by the name of Hyman Brown. Hyman Brown had the great pleasure of uh, knowing Hyman Brown, going to dinner with him many times, and he used to talk to me about Inner Sanctum. I've interviewed him many times. In fact, I should play the interview because I recorded it. But he explained that the creaking door, mm-hmm, right? Inner Sanctum was known as the creaking door. Um, you know, at the very beginning, it would open. Yeah. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum, and then he'd close it at the end. And I asked him, how did that, what is the deal with that? How, he said, he used to, when he was doing Dick Tracy, he was the producer of Dick Tracy, he said there were different doors, you know, that we used for different things on Dick Tracy, and there was one door that was like hanging off the hinges, right? And when they would use that door, you know, it would creak. It would make this really creaking, creaky sound. And he said, you know what? I'm going to build a radio show around that door. Right. It's going to make the door a star. Yeah, and make yep. the door a star. And that's exactly what he did. They used that same door, that creaking door, for Inner Sanctum. And then years later, and that was on the air a long, long time, it was created by Hyman Brown. And then years later, he created the CBS Radio Mystery Theater with E.G. Marshall and Tammy Grimes as the hosts. And that was a great series. I think he did over a thousand, I think like thirteen hundred episodes. And these were hour long, and they did five a week, five hour long shows a week out of New York. And he used that same door again to open the uh, CBS Radio Mystery oh, he Theater. He got his money's worth out of that door. And you know, we get texts all the time. Hey, can you play a CBS Radio Mystery Theater? And the answer to that is no, because I do not have the rights to CBS Radio Mystery Theater, so we cannot play that. But I am working on it. I'm trying to get the rights from his estate, so we'll see. Uh, but well, right now... Maybe since you've turned over a new leaf and you're going to be, uh, nicer, be nicer, you never know, might, good things might happen. That's right. Inner Sanctum next week. Philco Radio Time with uh, Bing Crosby and Boris Karloff, a Halloween show. You're going to love it. And then the Sealed Book, that's Saturday. Sealed Book is a scary show. And then on Sunday, a Halloween broadcast of Life with Luigi, my mom's favorite radio right. show. And then the Mysterious Traveler. It's a perfect Halloween weekend. Yeah, all right. But right now, it's time for the conclusion to Obsession. Yes, murder will out, say the wise ones. As they also have said, that the best laid plans of man will oft times go awry. And no matter how vast the jungles, there will always be the pursuers and pursued. It is a law of the jungle. It is always the unexpected that wreaks vengeance in the formula of the stern law of justice. Bitkin and Harris had planned the perfect crime. But the shot that went crashing into the brain of gentle old Koenig frightened their horses, and they broke away from their tether. Now Harris and Pitkin are attempting the perilous journey to the Portuguese territory on foot. In the jungles, the monkeys chatter, and the bright-plumaged birds fill the creeping vine-laced air with their unearthly cries. Every sound of the dank, steaming growth of untold centuries 
now resounds in the minds of Pitkin and Harris as two words, cry vengeance. Two words that have become their obsession. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait. We're lost, I tell you. You know we are. Oh, stop your whining. I know where we are. We'll be inside of the river within an hour. That's what you said this morning. It must be long past noon now. I tell you, we've been gone in a circle. We'll never get out of here. We'll die here. We'll die and rot here. Shut your mouth, will you? Come on. What's that? Oh, it's only a couple of monkeys up there. Will you stop wasting your breath talking? Oh, I, I can't go any further. I, I gotta rest. I can't. Shut up and come on. Oh, I can't. I gotta rest. I'm not going any further until I... Do you want to spend the night in here? Well, if you don't, you'd better get up. Uh, it's a long time to duck. We can afford to rest a few minutes. And I'm going to. You can go on if you want to. This is only walking in circles anyhow. I'm going to stay right here. Uh. All right. Oh. All right. Five minutes. Say. What? Keating said animals were his friends. <laughs> well, they've certainly been friendly to him so far. If it hadn't been for animals, we... We wouldn't be in this fix. What do you mean? Our horse is running away and leaving us to go on foot. The chickens attracting the attention of those men. Yeah. You know, I wonder what started them squawking. Oh, rubbish. We could have taken their horses if, if you hadn't left your revolver in the house. Do you suppose they'll be able to find out who that revolver belonged to? I don't know. Won't do them any good if they do find out. Nobody could track us through this jungle. But we're not as bad off as we might be. We'd had horses and gone by the road, they could have followed us easy. In the jungle here, they... Well, they wouldn't have a chance. They could pass within 50 feet of us right now and not see us. Yeah, I never thought of that. And another thing. They'd never expect us to cut through the jungle in the first place. They'd naturally suppose we took the road. That's where they're looking for us, more than likely, if they are looking for us. By the time they find out that we're not on the road... We'll be across the river. Yeah, if we can find the river. Oh, we'll find it. I lost my bearings for a while this morning, but I'm all right now. We'll be at the river. Hey, listen. Listen, did you hear that? Keep quiet. Curse them monkeys. Hey, Harry! Hey, he's coming this way. Get out. Get out and keep quiet. Oh, Irish! Hello! Is that you, Irish? Yes, it's me. Where's Lafarge? He's gone ahead. I thought I heard something over here. Good Lord, they, they are trailing us. Well, they'll never get us. They haven't a chance, I tell you. They'll find us in here in a million years. We've got to lay low, though, for a while. We'll get out of here before night. Yeah, but we can't make our way through the jungle at night. And we'll wait till morning. They'll soon get tired of beating through this bush. And we're... We'll save here just as long as we... Pitkin. Pitkin. 
dogs. They're trailing us with dogs. Fucking horses, chickens, and now dogs. Oh, everything's against us. Everything. Come on. Come on, don't be a fool. We've got to keep moving now. Oh, what's the use? We'll never reach the river. Come on. Come on, Will. Horses, chickens, dogs, animals. Betraying us. Oh, we, we can't beat them. I'm, I'm going to give up. Come on. Come on, I I'm say. not. I'm not going. I'm going to give up. Come on. Come on, do you hear me? Come on or I'll kill you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Kill me. I don't care. Those dogs can follow. I'm not afraid of the men. But animals. Animals. Oh, we, I'm going to give myself up. I'm going to call him. I'm going to tell him. Listen, you do, Harris, and I'll choke you to death with my bare hands. You hear? And I mean it. I'm going to get to the river. And I'm not going to let you or anyone else stop me. Do you hear that? And if you make a noise, I'll... I don't I'll... care. I'm going to give up, Harris. I'm going to give Harris. up. Here we are. Over here. Harris. Harris, you... Here, here. This way. the river. I want a canoe. I want a canoe and a paddle. Mm. You be run away, huh? Oh, no, you're talking like a fool. Hey, listen. I want you to take me across the river. Across the river, that's all. Bad to cross river. Bad magic. Oh, rots, rots. You speak them, say so. All same, past all things for bad magic. Look, look here. I got money, see? Plenty of it. I'll pay you. I'll pay you anything you want. See? Here, look. Look, I'll give you all this, see? Uh, bad magic to cross river. All right. All right, then. Twice this. See? Here. Here, take these. Here, take them, all of them. But, but get me across, see? Get uh, me across. Uh, you get them in canoe. Good. I thought that'd bring you to your senses. Well, come on. 
Come on, get in. Get in. Old same. Cast all thing for bad magic. Hey. Hurry. Hurry, can't you? Hurry. Make them go fast as can. Hey. Lord. Listen. Can't you? Can't you hurry? Make them go fast. Oh, don't, don't tell me that again. I'm sick of hearing it. Here. Here. Give me that other paddle. I'll help you. Give me that other paddle. Him canoe tip. Stand up. Him canoe tip over. meet out the law. The blind goddess of justice will have her way in many forms, and the scales will always be in balance. Such is the case with Pitkin and Harris. Old man Koenig is avenged, and the jungles close in the faithful chapter, and no longer does it cry vengeance through the dark corridors of a guilty man's obsession. Our story was produced and transcribed by C.P. McGregor in Hollywood. That is Obsession, a syndicated radio series, uh, kind of a mystery uh, terror series uh, that was produced by C.P. McGregor. C.P. McGregor was a, uh, you might have never heard his name, but he produced a lot of radio shows back in the golden age of radio. One such show was called Proudly We Hail. Uh, later on, after the golden age of radio, he produced a series called Heartbeat Theater, which was a drama series. But he did, uh, he was like a, a kind of an independent producer of radio shows from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. This was one of his series. He would, you know, put up his own money. He had some investors, and they would create these shows, and they would syndicate them. 
That's how he made his living. And this show, Obsession, was on uh, the air for a few years, two years, from 1950 and 1952. He, he uh, produced 78 episodes of this series, and it's a very good one. So we'll uh, play some more on uh, the WGN Radio Theater on um, and some previous, uh, some of the shows that he did. Other shows, too, like Proudly We Hail as well. Good. Sounds good. Yeah. It's Sound great good title. To you. Obsession. 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 Uh, <laughs> like, like we mentioned, Obsession, we're talking about the movie Obsessed. You don't remember that yeah, movie? Yeah, I, I never saw that movie. Yeah, it's 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 kind of Is obsessive. It good? Is it good? <laughs> it was pretty exciting, actually. Don't forget, when we come back here next week, Inner Sanctum Mystery, Philco Radio Time, with Bing Crosby's going to be singing, and his oh, special nice. guest, Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. And uh, it's a good uh, Halloween show. Then it's the sealed book. That's all on Saturday. Sunday, we have Life with Luigi, Lisa, and a Halloween show, and then The Mysterious Traveler. We are on five hours a week on WGN, Saturday and Sunday nights, 11 p.m. till 2 in the morning on Saturday, and uh, from 11 p.m. till 1 o'clock on Sunday. And we love playing all your favorite classic radio shows. Yeah, and having a little fun in between. Yeah.